What is going on, K-Vision? It is your boy, Future Creator, Dreadlock Player. Back with the Dreadlock Player Talk interview. Here, I am joined today by Gung Fu Master, as well as sci-fi fantasy Arthur Michael Locke, right? Is it Michael Locke? Am, am I pronouncing Locke, yes. Locke, all right, fantastic. Yep. Um, he's written a couple of um, fantasy um, action um, stories on um, Vanguard, which is what you send me. Um, first of all, let me thank you for coming on to the show. First of all, let me do that. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, thank you for being excited when I said, hey, I wrote a tokusatsu inspired science fiction novel instead of looking at me and going, what What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I grew up with the tokusatsu um, genre, so I am very familiar with it. So I like reading and looking at stories written in that within that universe. So definitely I was going to jump at the chance to check this thing out, especially talk with the person who wrote it. Um, so just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. So people who, who don't know who you are. Sure. Um, so I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, the, the, obviously the hotbed and center of all Chinese martial arts in the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, you know, I'm 50. So I got started in martial arts like everybody else in my generation because I saw a movie, right? Yep. Unlike yep. everybody else, I saw Billy Jack, which I, it's not it's not a great movie, I will give you. But like my parents were hippies and I'm part Indian and like mm -hmm. that spoke to me. I'm like, Billy Jack is what I want to be when I grow up, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it was pretty much all downhill from there eventually. Um, you know, my parents wouldn't pay for martial arts or didn't pay for martial arts, whatever, couldn't. Uh, I wrestled in high school because that's free. Uh, got hurt because that's public school. Mm -hmm. And um, after I got hurt, I ended up connecting with, uh, through a buddy of mine, with a um, Shaolin in, uh, family system nice. in St. Louis, taught by a biker who was part Indian. Nice. So I was like, all right, this is, you know, where I need to be. It was super street oriented. I mean, like he was a bouncer at bars. He had been a kickboxer. He, you know, we did, we, he did a lot of work with, with vets. Um, at one point there was another guy in teaching. He was uh, ex -Viet Vietnam era green beret. A um, lot, lot of just real street oriented Chinese traditional martial arts and and that's my basis and then when I was 20 I got promoted to start teaching mm. which meant teaching the kids classes because right. nobody likes teaching the kids classes. <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me and um it was about that time that Power Rangers hit mm. and I mean I was in college I remember seeing the first Power Rangers at my buddy's apartment between classes and we were all kind of like eh you know, we were like 22, 23. It's not aimed at us, but it totally affected my life because I started getting six-year-olds in that are like, I want to, I want to kick like the, you know, I want to be Tommy. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who Tommy is. <laughs> but, 
So, so, because my tokusatsu, Ultraman, Ultraman, yes, right? Sir. Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was always a big one. I remember before Power Rangers, uh, there was a show called Dynaman that was like Power Rangers, uh, translated over into English, but it was done as a joke. I think, I think TBS I'm, showed it at one point. I'm, and, I'm pretty familiar with Dynaman. Not too much, but I've heard the name before. Yeah. And and so, you know, like there was that. And then um, through the Kung Fu, your Shaw Brothers tokusatsu film, Super Inframan, which is a total classic with Princess Dragon Mom and, and all that good <laughs> stuff, you know. And and that was that was like where I came in with Power Rangers and things. And um could take it or leave it like uh until a few years ago um i gave power rangers another chance because i'm laying on the couch flipping channels i'm like you know it's been like a million years and power rangers is still on right there's got to be something um and and it still wasn't really speaking to me but i got on Tubi, i guess or one of those and found that shout factory had all the original super sentai stuff yep. mm-hmm. and and those i loved those all right that's that's talking to me the first one i watched was um i wrote it down because i can't remember them uh go sentai the one that's kind of kung fu based mm-hmm and um from there then i went back and and much you know and so like now i have a favorite team and all of that i can't flip channels and go past uh ninja kaku ranger because first of all kaku ranger is hilarious to me <laughs> i'm like 12 you know but uh there's something i find myself all the time man like i'm doing something and i'm just singing that stupid theme song from that one <laughs> ninja and i'm like oh, it's it's funny that you bring that up because um i'm 38 years old so um interesting enough around the time when you got into um gung fu that's kind of around the time maybe actually a couple years after that where i got to do karate so around the time when you know mighty morphin power just debuted on tv you know i was like what nine ten Right around that age or so when that when I dropped, so So you were the target. Yeah, exactly. I was the target audience for that. So when um, you know, I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. I remember it it debuted on Saturday morning. So we're so I'm finished watching the episode, and the first thing I do is I go outside. All my friends come over, and we're acting out Power Rangers. Um, a couple years later, you know, because I live in New Jersey. So we lived in Newark and then we moved to um, a town next over, which is called Montclair. And ironically enough, I was still watching Power Rangers around that time. And this is also around a time where a lot of other Japanese imported TV shows were starting to come over. Um, VR Troopers, um, Beetleborgs, Beetleborgs, um, Superhuman Samurai, Cyber Squad, those things. Started Mask Rider. Exactly. Mask Rider, all those things started to come over. And it just so happened that there was a karate school right down the street from me. So I said, I could be one of those guys if I just start here. So, and that, and that's kind of how that unfolded. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that because you mentioned Billy Jack and I remember seeing Billy Jack um, a long time ago. And that was kind of how it started for a lot of people, you know, Billy Jack, Bruce Lee, 
you know, Jackie, um, um, Jet Li, and even some of the American guys, um, Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, a lot of those guys is what really tried to push people forward to really jump into the martial arts. But Jeff Speakman, he only did the one mm-hmm. movie that was wide. I think he did another one. But that I remember a lot of people were like, that spoke to people, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's funny. I still regard him as one of the best up there. And like you said, I, he only did like one movie. I think he might have did like another one, but I know the perfect weapon was his movie. Perfect weapon. The perfect uh- weapon was his movie. But like, I remember watching him like, oh, yeah. And, um, I know he he's really just doing teaching right now. I know that's been his thing because I know he had gotten sick for a minute and then he just decided to just devote himself to instructing. But, um, you know, a lot of those older guys is what got people into the martial arts, but is what got a lot of the adults into it. So and then you got to remember before Power Rangers, we have the Ninja Turtles. Yes. And even that was kind of like it worked, but at the same time, like, you know, you know, the original cartoon was very kid friendly. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of ninja action going on. So, All right. So mm-hmm. I was just I just ran some errands with my daughter. She's uh, she's in college now. Um, she does independent comics. That's her thing. Oh, nice. She was wearing a, a turtle shirt and the guy at the, the store was like, oh, you're a Turtles fan because he could tell he was kind of like, oh, you're a girl. <laughs> Like, I'm going to test you. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, she was, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, here's my favorite, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we got into a conversation. I asked him, I'm going to ask you, do you remember the live action Turtles television show where they introduced the female turtle, Venus de Milo? Interestingly enough, that was around the same time where Power Rangers was still at the height of its popularity. But I think a lot of people were kind of, well, let me say this. The newer generation of kids were starting to get into the newer iterations of Power Rangers. Ninja Turtles and Next Mutation is the one you're talking about. I do remember that. I remember watching it here and there. I thought it was interesting, but it didn't have the same flair. And, And I know, like, interestingly enough, well... I mean, now I'm jumping back into my memory bank because I don't remember if they got introduced to the Power Rangers or if they just crossed over with the Power Rangers. I know that happened. But I, 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened too. Because, because too, if you go to the comics, Turtles have a big uh, tradition of that. I mean, they met Usagi Yojimbo and mm-hmm. um, uh, I can't even think of that. I, I can see it, but I can't. I, but you know, the Turtles in Time and all mm-hmm. that. And, and so I actually thought that was great, like to, to do that. I, I, I wish there had been more of that and was super excited a couple of years ago when the, when the DC TV universe finally started mm-hmm. doing that. And it was like, all right, now this is finally like comics. Yes. Finally, if it's a big story, I'm going to have to go and read comics. I don't normally read. I'm going to have to watch, I have to flip on the TV on Tuesday night. Now <laughs> watch a show. I don't normally watch. And, and it's funny because I would say the Power Rangers, um, well, I would say the Ninja Turtles are probably just as popular as the Power Rangers are. I know there was a, sp- sp- a spawn of time where they kind of weren't relevant. You know, we have the movies. We had the, you know, the um, the 80s cartoon. Um, there's a resurgence of the Ninja Turtles back in the, like, the early 2000s, like 2002 or three, And, like, now Turtles are all, all over the place again. So 
I guess everything comes around first full circle, but I'm I'm like you. I like the crossovers of a lot of different types of genres. Like you said, like you know, the Ninja Turtles crossed over with like you know the DC universe. You know, they crossed over with the Power Rangers. Um, e- even in the comic books, they like they actually kept that going where the Ninja Turtles crossed over with the Power Rangers again. So it, it's interesting, like the things that we watched when we were younger, you know, always come back. Like there's even a new Ninja Turtles game that I haven't played yet. I plan to play this sometime soon. So so it's funny what got me to write this book, what mm-hmm. really roped me back into Rangers and Sentai and everything was um uh Power Rangers Battle for the Grid was mm-hmm. on sale. Uh-huh. And I downloaded it in my Switch. And it's the first game in a long time that I've played through beat, mm-hmm. you know, because I just got really hooked on it. And I was like, okay, this this grid story, which is that from the comics? So it, it, it is a, I guess, I guess the best way to put it would be like a continuation of the Shattered Grid story from the comic books. So that's pretty much how I pretty much surmise it as, um, which don't get, I mean, let me just go on record to say people who are watching and listening, Shattered Grid is probably one of the best Power Rangers stories to ever come out. Well, see, and that's, it's made me want to find that, like, it's like, and, and it turns out it's like, okay, this isn't really a show. Like I need to get this comic. <laughs> yeah. Like I even started like um I I I don't know how many issues of it I have, but I I might have the full arc as as far as as far as the comic books is concerned. I have the full arc because you know here I mean if you watched the Super Sentai series, then you know, and this is something that blew my mind years ago that the Green Ranger and the Red Ranger were actually brothers in the Super Sentai series of Mighty Morphin. When America introduced the character of Tommy Oliver as the Green Ranger, he completely took the world by storm. Right. You know, like, I don't think Power Rangers had been on for, like, what, maybe a month? So, something like that, because I remember um, I remember watching that because the kids in my classes mm-hmm. were so stoked about it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, he's like, he's like a bad guy, but it turns out he's really a good guy. And I, and I remember watching, I'm like, why is he a bad guy? Cause he has a ponytail. Like, <laughs> like he's not like, he's not like selling weed in angel Grove mm-hmm. or anything like that. And, you know, and that I think really honestly further turned me off power Rangers. I'm like, yeah. this is totally kid stuff, you know? Yes. Absolutely, definitely is. Because even going back, and like you said, you've gone back and watched the Super Sentai series, and I've gone back and watched them too. And I was like, you know what? This is a better story. Yeah, it, it it's honestly a better story than what we're getting here in America. Like I I liked the fact that you know the Green Ranger and the Red Ranger were actually related to each other. That that to me makes the most sense. Um, it's funny because a few years later, I actually learned that you know. Here in America, they brought in the right ranger into the Mighty Morphin series, but he's from a completely different um, series of right. Super Sentai. And when I learned that the white ranger was actually a kid in Super Sentai, I was like, no way. It's an actual, uh, the white ranger is an actual kid. Yeah, so, he's like Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I thought that was hilarious, but um, I honestly, and truth be told, I haven't really, like I, I I fell out of Power Rangers like maybe after Turbo, kinda, maybe, something like that. And then I kind of got back into it for a little bit, but then I fell back out of it again. It, honestly speaking, it's the comic books that really kept me interested in Power Rangers. 
more than anything else, as well as um the um Battle for the Grid video game, which I played before, but I haven't like I gotta download it myself actually because I really think it's an awesome game and it still has a lot of replay value in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I still play it fairly often. <laughs> so, how long ago did you write your first story? <sighs> My first published story, the Grand mm. Tournament. Yes, sir. Um, I want to say that came out in 2015. And I was writing before that. Um, I had been uh, a freelance technical writer, and um, I used to be a magician Ooh. at one point. Uh, and and I kind of fell away from that because I was having a lot of uh, fine con- motor control problems with my hands. Oh, okay. Um, got me away from art because I originally mm. went to art school, mm. and it and it got me away from the magic. And I started writing more about magic when when kind of webzines and stuff were were taken off, and I ended up writing um, for a long time for a website called iTrix, which is like a, a new site for magicians. Oh, okay. And and um, it's run by a guy named Andrew Main, who is big magic creator, um, well-known in the magic world, had a show on A&E. Um, also, uh, he had a show on Shark Week a couple of years ago. He invented a suit that basically blind sharks to you wow yeah i mean he's, he's a nutty guy and and he started he is writing he started writing books a few years ago and it was with a regular publisher and all that and i was talking to him one day and he said uh get your ass off the couch and write your book because nobody's going to write it for you and that book was the grand tournament because i was telling him like i just want a book that's like a kung fu movie Right. That's that's all I want to read right now is a book of just boom, nonstop fights, but fights that make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't I don't like like I read a lot of wuxia in translation. My Chinese is not good enough to read mm-hmm. in, in Chinese, but um, it, it annoys me like. Uh, the cultivation stories that are big now annoy me where it's like, well, I'm just going to get this thing and drink it. And I suddenly have super martial arts powers, like in the matrix. Like yeah. I worked my ass off. I have broken over a hundred bones. I, I got an eye knocked out. Like, oh, like yeah. I worked and worked and worked to progress through uh, my, my style. Uh, Wu family Shaolin black dragon is a multiple animal style. Okay. Um, so, so you have to, to prove your map, your, your competency in each animal, and then you start learning some of the elements and the expectation is you create your own dragon, you build your own Mm -hmm. dragon, because I am going to fight differently than you're going to fight because I'm like, when I was 20 and doing a lot of fighting, I was, I'm six foot tall, 275 pounds, you know, and, and, and I have a different mindset than even if you are also the same exact size, the same exact height, you, you know, we're going to have a different philosophy and everything. So, so it's, it's uh, a system that, that pulls that in. So I, we work hard, like, right. we work hard. Um, you had to learn things like, like monkey foo, I'm six feet tall, 275 pounds. Monkey Kung Fu doesn't work for me. Right. But I had to learn monkey Kung Fu mm-hmm. to prove competency. So like we worked and, and, and then I'd come across these stories and it's like, okay, you fell in a cave and you met this ghost and you drank this 
water and now you're a Kaku mastermind. Screw you. <laughs> like, like I have no interest in that. And then, and then the flip side of it is, and you get this in the old pulp stories too. It's like, we're going to talk about a fight, but we obviously have no idea what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, instead of saying like, this is how the fight works. This is how it's going to square up. This is how I'm going to immobilize your arm, move up behind your neck, seize that, seize control of your body and choke you out. I'm going to say, Master Wu performed the swallowtail cut, which was countered by Lee's uh, you, whatever, you, you know, <laughs> diving swallow. And you're just like, what the, like, this isn't, martial arts and and then also kind of offended me too because in like i i do speak chinese mm -hmm. um i do speak i i speak mandarin uh and and i know that like even in our names for for things that sound flowery white tiger descends the mountain right sounds like okay that's a poetic name well the mountain is a character it's kind of shaped like this like a head and shoulders in a way descends right. the mountain. You go across the face, down the neck, down the body. You descend the mountain of, of a person. It means something. Right. Um, we, ha we have the sun fist, which is straight like this, which mm -hmm. is like the character for sun, which looks kind of like a digital eight okay. or the boulder fist, which the character looks like, <laughs> like they're not flowery names. They're names that you, if you read Chinese, you look at and go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. You know, oh, that makes sense. And, and, and even obviously writers don't seem to know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, so I, I wanted to write a book where people that really did martial arts would go, oh, you know what? That, that fight made sense, right? That, that fight made sense. He did, he, he locked the joints a certain way. He got in. So, but at the same time, I didn't want it to be like, like bad porn right. <laughs> yeah. where, where, where it, it's like every little detail, like, like what I hate about Tom Clancy and stuff like that, where, mm -hmm. where it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Like they get so into the details of a, it was this model of this jet with this, da, 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 and I'm like, I don't Right. Yeah. You know? So, so you know, I wanted it to be cinematic but realistic at the same time, and that's what started with Grand Tournament, um, and that's my my Pride of Tiger series. There are uh, two books and a short story. That short story is about to be expanded into a collection of short stories. Nice. And um, after that, or while I'm writing those, I started writing. Um, it's super unpopular to say I spent eight years working for a police department, mm. right? I spent eight years working for the St. Louis police department. <laughs> um, all that stuff. When you think of St. Louis, it, yeah, I, I worked through that. Mm. <laughs> wow. I was, I was not a police officer. I was, I was an engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandpa was a police officer. So I grew up like riding in the parade vehicle as a kid and, and mm -hmm. grew up around his cop. And he made uh, us grandsons promise not to be cops. Oh, wow. Which, honestly was probably a really good thing mm -hmm. but it made me ever since i was a kid want to like why isn't there a science fiction show about cops in space like like star trek right sometimes they're pretty much cops in space but mm -hmm. they're not supposed to be cops in space right you know? 
like they're supposed to be explorers even though they're at space stations a hell of a lot of the time Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know and and so so i thought about that more and more and i thought about like if you were if you were you wouldn't be a cop as much as you would be a first responder because the real emergencies in space are probably going to be like even if 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 spaceships are super common and and we travel faster than light and all that good stuff like have you ever driven through kansas (laughs) and think like wow if i break down i'm i'm screwed Mm -hmm. like there's nothing right that's what space is like times a thousand so so my first responders in space the black sky rangers that was taking that cop show i always wanted as a kid and turning it into well, okay, so this would probably mainly be, they'd probably be engineers. They'd probably be doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm. And so it's story about, you, you know, the the patrol cruiser Wyatt Earp, which is full <laughs> of doctors and nurses and engineers. And and I also went to engineering school. So, you know, got to have love like for Scotty, right? right? <laughs> but but and, it's, yeah. And, and then finally I got to, you know, I got back into the, the Power Rangers and everything. I was like, I wish there was an adult Power Rangers. And, and there really isn't um, anywhere. There, there are, I take that back. There are adult Sentai kind of shows mm-hmm. that you can, if, if you put that in the internet, you're going to get some weird stuff yeah. from Japan. <laughs> and, um, and I really was just thinking like, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, 80s punk band, The Misfits. Yes. Okay. So a lot of their music's based on old 50s horror movies and stuff. And I was like, you know, the Power Rangers has that bouncy theme. What if The Misfits did the theme song <laughs> to the Power Rangers? And and that really then turned into the first book, Vanguard Scout Force um, 138. We are 138. We, we are 138 is a Misfits song. There's actually a lot of tongue-in-cheek references to the misfits peppered through that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then I I think did you read it? Did you yes, I, I read I read most of it. Yes. Okay, so like I tried to hit on a lot of the Sentai kind of tropes and themes and maybe explain some of them, but also take them a step further. I mean, like um the main character i remember thinking like oh tommy's a bad boy and hearing that and seeing like why is he a bad boy because he has a vest and and a ponytail (laughs) my my main character who's kind of a bad boy might be working for a gangster Mm. you know like and then there's other things like one of the people is an alien he's blue he's the blue ranger why because why was the black guy the black ranger? I got, that that killed me when I was, I was like, wait, and the and and like first of all, is the Asian girl the yellow ranger? That's not right. And wait a yeah. minute, that's not even a girl. Like when she turns into a ranger, she's a yeah. dude. <laughs> I re- I remember that throwing me off too, until you know later on down I realized they were taking footage from super yeah. sentai so i was just like how come how come the pink ranger has a skirt and the yellow ranger doesn't yeah, i'm yeah. confused <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 so so i tried to have fun with some of those but like i don't know you might know better than me i mean being being from the right generation i, I didn't want to make fun of it like i wanted it to be a serious story and i wanted their battles to like mean things and 
kick it up a notch with, with, with that. I mean, you know, one of the things that bugs me about Power Rangers and a lot of martial arts stuff is I deal a lot, I have dealt a lot with um, guys who've come back from overseas, guys with post-traumatic stress disorder, people in law enforcement, bouncers, bodyguards, people that like are dealing with real life and death stuff. And um, one of the things that bothers me about a lot of things, martial arts, but but in Power Rangers, like, all right, so there's a monster. It's a legitimate living monster. And at the end, we're going to blow it up. And then high fives and we're going to go eat popcorn right. and go do our homework. And like that always bugged me too, because if you learn martial arts, you have to learn the responsibility that comes with the power. Because, yeah, I, I, I mean... I can hurt somebody really quickly. I exactly. can kill somebody really quickly. Um, th- that's not a minor thing. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I mean, I'm not like, you know, I'm not one of those, my hands are registered weapons, but it is. It, 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 there's a weight. There is. A, I mean, it, it is learning to be good at violence is mm-hmm. what martial arts is. Exactly. And, yep. and you have to have the responsibility to know that that's, not your prime tool in the belt now Mm -hmm. you know and and a lot of things kung fu movies are bad about this as well they just take that violence way too lightly and and i wanted that to have a little bit more weight to it um which it does in my pride of tigers books too uh the 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 second one um uh white tiger black leopard which each story is like a generational thing. Mm. Um, it's about a guy who's from a very famous martial arts family. He, ha- he they're, they're caravan guards, right? So that's what he does. He does security. He wants to be a really good martial artist, a great martial artist, like his father, who is mm. known throughout you know, the civilized world. But he's terrified that he might have to kill somebody. So he, he, that actually drives him to be better because he wants to be so good. He can choose not to hurt you, not to Mm. kill you, not to, you you know? And and I think that's like a legit motivation. Like that's what I love dragon ball. Don't get me wrong. Like I got Goku back there. Yeah. So I see Goku back there. (laughs) Yeah. I I love dragon ball. I've been watching it forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the one hand, I love the purity of Goku who just wants to be better. But on the other hand, and it's because Goku's just too damn dumb to know. Yeah. That, that it, but like, like Vegeta is a better character because Vegeta embraces the violence. Yes. He's like, I want to be the best and I might kill you. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Don't step to me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And, and so, like, I, I do try to bring a lot of that responsibility in because um, in all my books, because that's that that's important. Like there's there's my my nightmare of martial arts. And like I used to teach for where I lived all the Girl Scout self-defense seminars I used to work with, you know, like I said, cops and bouncers and and uh, disabled vets and 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 shelters for people with domestic violence my nightmare was the idea that one of my students 
might go on to be the bully, might go mm-hmm. on to be the wife beater. And and it has not happened yet. I, I choose wisely. Yeah. I, I I have turned people away. I have done a few classes and said, you know what? I don't I don't think we're a right fit for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's plenty of really nice taekwondo schools and strip malls that'll gladly sell you five uniforms and yeah. a bunch of belts, you know. And maybe you should go there. I mean, I mean, no real disrespect to Taekwondo, but no, you know, yeah, no, no disrespect to Taekwondo. Plenty of disrespect to the strip mall, yeah. uh, contract martial arts place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, yeah. hey, belt test is only forty nine ninety five. Exactly. We when yeah. I think you and I both have seen our fair share of those. So it, it is, and it's interesting because um, I wanted like I wanted to ask you, you know looking at the state of martial arts movies right now or can i even say lack thereof because i mean if we're going to be honest a lot of martial arts movies don't really make the mainstream don't don't really make the mainstream anymore yeah. you know it's not again it's not like the days of the van dams and steven seagal's and or, or even the jackie chanbers or even yeah you know so a lot of those like i mean i know jackie as well as jet lee they went back home and continued making movies there um but I've, they're both old too now that's the other thing also that that's the I other mean, thing and, and i say that with respect because i'm yeah. 50 and i know what it feels like <laughs> yeah and like you know streaming streaming platforms notwithstanding you know i look at a lot of the guys that like tried to be become up-and-comers and still haven't really landed in the right spot you know i look at people like alan um mosey scott atkins is a favorite of mine um michael jai white who's been doing it for like ever michael and... jai white is my current favorite mm-hmm. by far but yeah. he's black dynamite come on oh yeah absolutely yeah um and it's funny because I, i've been i've been saying for like maybe the past 10 years like or rather i've been hoping for like a resurgence of the martial arts movie genre like to hit mainstream and it's like it, it ain't gonna happen and i'll tell you why mm-hmm. <laughs> two, two, two things have, have really have really happened um the mainland government has a, a love-hate relationship with martial arts um mm-hmm. they are much happier with the fantastic what what people in america call wuxia style but it's not really that that's wrong wuxia is a style of literature but but the flying heroes the you know the crouching tiger kind of yeah, thing yeah uh-huh. um and 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 they're putting a lot more shows on yeah so like yoke has done word of honor i liked word of honor um <laughs> but it's getting like cultivations big and things like that they they want to get away from you, you, you know that so there's that and then in america um we did a couple tries here recently and they didn't do huge warrior the television show yes uh, which i still haven't watched i'm going to because i'm going to binge watch it while i'm flying on planes because i travel all the time i um, i started it but i haven't finished it yet i said i, was, I said i was going to get back into it when i got yeah. the chance and um uh, and then Mortal Kombat, which was better than previous movies, mm-hmm. 
was still a video game movie and and really just got so screwed by the pandemic like everything else like mm-hmm. it, it might have been a bigger movie you know but be, because of that nobody's gonna nobody in america is gonna put real money into yeah. a martial arts movie right now because you only put money in things that just did well you know yeah. and and there's nobody stepping up with with that skill set and that like old chinese opera training like my real hope i i said this uh to rick myers the uh critic the, mm. the kung fu movie critic um on facebook not too long ago my, my real hope is uh you know the um the the dance group that's like permanently touring america the chinese dance group um the, shen yu yeah yeah shen, yeah yeah shen yu. yeah, yeah shen yu, all yes. right so so do you know who they are um I've, I, I'll be honest, I've only seen the name. I've never actually taken the time to actually look them up, even though I see them like all over the place. Right, right. They are the Falun Gong movement. Really? If you remember the Falun Gong movement who got per- persecuted in China a few years ago, that they, they have a big um, campus up in upstate New York, I think. Mm-hmm. And they te- they've been teaching traditional Chinese dance, traditional Chinese music. And that's that tour that's permanently going on is an outreach program from really? that and if you get on their website and dig around they're doing some other traditional chinese arts puppetry magic really? uh, and i'm hoping that they might like get into a revitalization of traditional chinese opera and the traditional chinese opera programs that gave us jackie chan mm-hmm. and yen bao and sammo and you know all those great performers so that we have got stuntmen who can go in who can who, who are used to doing that live yeah um because that's that's what makes that kind of stuff because even though janky gets all the credit for it even those like bad godfrey o movies mm-hmm. and everything from the 70s like those dudes were not loaded up with safety equipment they're not they're not there's no cgi it didn't exist like they're throwing punches either and landing and not can really connecting or making them look good and and you know we, we need that we need that skill the closest we have right now is professional wrestling you yeah. know and 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 it's given us some of the biggest action stars lately yes like the rock and mm-hmm. you know and that's and it, and it's funny because um you know i look at a lot of movies that have come out it's just in the mainstream you know aside from the marvel cinematic universe you know you look at something like the john wick series um i guess fast and furious might count as that even though i've never really been a big fan of the franchise um and then again of course like a lot of stuff that comes out on streaming services you know a lot of like and and i've noticed you know within like each generation there's like a season of a particular style oh yeah you know? there, there were the ninja years yes there was the yeah 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 you know like it, like right now I would say the big style is the John Wick style. Whereas like, it's like a mixture of like, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, locking, grappling, you know, quick, quick movements and a lot of gunplay involved with it. Um, It's funny because I tell people one of my favorite movies that I watched like in the early 2000s is a movie called Equilibrium. See, I Uh, hate Equilibrium. What? (laughs) You know, it's so funny. I find more people that hate Equilibrium and very few that love it. I, 
I enjoy the movie. I really do. When when, when you saw it, how familiar with, were you with Hong Kong gangster movies, though? When Equilibrium came out, I was going to midnight shows of movies from Hong Kong in St. Louis to work on my Chinese because I was taking it in college. So, like, I saw Chow Yan-Fat movies on yeah. the big screen, A Better Tomorrow, Bullet to the Head, you know, all yeah, that, that stuff. Yeah, that was and, the um, hard-boiled, and, you yeah. know, all, all the, all the Chow Yan-Fat yeah, stuff, and, yeah. And um, Equilibrium was just, to me, was like a really, really bad it was it was like white guys cooking Chinese food. <laughs> I, I can definitely see that. <laughs> yeah, and so it just it was just like yeah, a part pass. I, I think at the time, and and this is this is around a time where you know the Matrix had still so the Matrix was still like fresh on everybody's mind. So any movie that came out that kind of seemed like it was considered like a Matrix ripoff, Which you know. It- was also that for sure you know that that's like equilibrium and in fact one of my other favorite you know movies which i guess is a kind of, maybe a cult classic is jet lee's the one I, the one is okay so did you know the one was written for the rock yes and, i did know that and and i i love I, i'm not a wrestling fan i love the rock i will watch a rock movie mm. i think the rock is hilarious and he's fun to watch and i'm totally stoked about black adam but he would have ruined that movie. Like, yes, Jet Lee nailed that. That was yes. so good. He is no one's bitch. I I remember because you know I own the DVD, so it's it's sitting on my shelf. So I remember, you know, because I watch all the behind the scenes stuff. That's the kind of person I am. So I remember when they mentioned that the movie was written for Dwayne Johnson. I was like, huh, that's interesting. And you got to remember, this is around a time where he still had just he was still like. In wrestling terms, he was still a baby face in the movie industry. Like yeah. what he had did, you know, he had did um Doom. He had did Doom. He did um The Mummy Returns. I think he had did the Scorpion King by then. And um, I think he had I think he had the rundown also underneath his belt. But I I'm I'm with you. I like I don't think that movie was the right fit for him. Like, like I th- Jet Lee definitely makes that movie. He, he makes it like every every all the other characters and cast members notwithstanding, Jet Li makes that movie and like you said he's nobody's but the final scene in the movie is one of the greatest ending scenes I've ever seen in the movie. It's really one of the best and, and it's one of the few science fiction martial arts crossovers that that really works, which is the uh, kind of the other thing that, to take it back to the book, mm-hmm. um, which I'm just, it, that's another, I was, I'm writing science fiction stuff. I'm writing martial arts stuff. I wanted to do a science fiction martial arts thing. And, and to, that's the big thing, man. That's even, um, are you an Ultraman guy at all? Have you oh, been watching yeah. Yes. Okay. Have you been watching Decker? Um, I caught it. I caught it a little bit of it. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. Okay, well, it's. I mean, it's not. They're releasing them, right, um, mm. on on the the YouTube page, yeah. you know, or as they as they go. But what's coming up next is Regulus, and it is taking a hardcore martial arts turn. He is he is the heir to the Cosmos Beastmaster style of fighting. He's got tat. He's got a dragon and tiger tattoo. Nice. He, he it's it's taking um, Ultraman. It, into a kind of cosmic kung fu 
thing. He's got several masters who all have animal styles. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm really excited about that. Like way too excited for a grown man. <laughs> you know, I watched the trailer in the airport the other day. And, and I do think I actually might have like yelled out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? At this point, as grown men, we're allowed to do that. Because these are things that we grew up with, okay. you know. Um, it, it's funny because you know, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about Dragon Ball right now. I know Dragon Ball Super Superhero just came out, and I haven't seen it yet. I have seen it. <laughs> and what did um, you think? Okay, so I know a lot of people are bent out of shape because it's CGI. Um, shut up. Yeah, yeah, really, <laughs> like, honestly. I mean, they it's not like primitive cgi it's good cgi it it felt like a dragon it felt like it felt normal once yeah. once it got going they even have some flashbacks all the way back to dragon ball and they just used the regular animation that's the most jarring thing is you have like 21st century slick cgi and all of a sudden you're getting hit with like 80s hand drawn mm-hmm. And it was blown up to the big screen because I, you know, I saw it in the theater, and it was just like, okay, that's that's ugly, but <laughs> but I really liked it. Here's what I'll I'll not spoiler. It was not the movie I expected. Mm-hmm. I loved it, but at the same time, I left really sad. Mm, really, really sad at the end of that movie. Yeah. Mm. Um, of course, I might have cried when when I watched the last episode of Super too. So, you know. oh really? <laughs> Dude, I've been watching Dragon Ball since the eighties. Uh, since I grew up in St. Louis, mm-hmm. um, we had Channel Eleven KPLR. KPLR's Coppler. Coppler owned a company called World Events. You might have mm-hmm. heard of. Yes. Did a little show called Voltron. Yes. So in the eighties, they were experimenting with like, what are they going to do? Uh, Robotech was huge at the time. I remember that. Yep. I love Robotech. And um, they were running uh, in St. Louis back in the day. I don't live in St. Louis anymore, so I don't know if they still do this, but Saturday nights, man, from like nine o'clock on, 10 o'clock on, it was that channel ran three stooges all night. (laughs) Right. It was a thing, like three, four hours of it. And at the end of that, when the bars were closing, two in the morning, whatever, they were sneaking in Captain Arlock, Galaxy Express, and and Dragon Ball. And I'm not sure which dub it was, but I'm pretty sure they were calling him Monkey Boy in it. I, I mean, like it's an early, early dub. I think it was a pre-harmony gold dub. That sounds like that definitely sounds pre-harmony because like like ocean, maybe. But um that's when I started watching Dragon Ball and and because I worked in a comic book store in high school, was able to figure out what that was right up with it. And so, yeah, I've, I've been following it for way longer than when, I mean, I was talking to some people at, at when we would see superhero, which I went with my daughter again, mm. you know, cause she's, she's in art school for comics and, and all. And I was telling, I was telling them, I was like, I've been watching Dragon Ball longer than you all have been alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I told him, like I might come out of this movie in tears. It it is a real possibility. Like like this, um, like when they killed Captain Kirk, like I cried, and mm-hmm. I, you know, no, sh- like yeah, dude, you can't kill Captain Kirk. 
Yeah. I'm going to cry. Um, Cause again, he's been with me my entire life. Yeah. You know? um, and, and there aren't a huge amount of things that can say yeah. that, but in, when you get to be a genre fan, science fiction and everything, man, there are a few big ones that, you know, Doctor Who's not quite the same because they kill him all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but you know there there is these few things that man you, you know we've latched onto as fans and and hold and you know and Dragon Ball is one of them. So you need to see Super, and you need to see it on the biggest damn TV you can find. Yes, I I plan on seeing um superhero very soon. Um, I'm I'm actually surprised my younger brother has to ask me to go see it with him. Because um, we saw Broly. We saw Broly together in the movie theater. See, I missed Broly. So mm-hmm. I, I had to see this one. Because <laughs> um, before Broly, I actually saw Resurrection F. I saw Resurrection F in the movie theaters. So that was my first Dragon Ball movie I saw in the movie theaters. So, you know, me and my younger brother, we saw Broly together. And Bro- Broly was fantastic. I really enjoyed the Broly movie. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to go get around to go seeing um, Superhero at some point because... I, I mean, just been reading just by reading the synopsis of it by itself is like this is sounds like a movie is gonna I'm gonna really enjoy, and it's funny because I get these moments where I have like a real big Dragon Ball kick. Yeah, I, I yeah. just gotta watch it. Like you know, I like early in the summer I went through the Android saga again for Dragon Ball Z because um I actually I have the I have the um the complete box set on blue right now. Um, I gave my younger brother the orange box set, so like. And the Android saga is the saga that's like, like really hit for me. Like when I was a kid, Dragon Ball Z would come on TV at like early in the morning at like six on channel 11. And then like, and it only went up to Frieza. So like when Toonami came in and they like, you know, took over Funimation and all that, and they were airing it on Toonami on Cartoon Network and we got the whole thing. You know, I had already seen bits and pieces beforehand. So the Android saga was the one that I saw from like beginning to end right and then um and even i i even it's funny i watched the dub version of super i didn't know i mean the, the subtitle version of super i didn't watch the dub because the dub didn't come out until like way later so by that point i would jump on youtube and watch episodes of on um, dragon ball super all the way up until the tournament of power arc and you know i i felt a little sad too at the end of the tournament power i was like uh we're not gonna get the anime for a while i haven't been i haven't been reading the manga you know, so I know it's way ahead in the game right now, but um, like that, that, that leads me to another question. Let me ask you, um, you know, as you're a man of different genres, you know, one of the biggest things that a lot of people like to say, and it's something I've talked about a lot on my show, is live action versions of anime. And a lot of people feel like that they can't work. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Are you are you talking taking things that start as manga and go in live action or anime, or are you saying like what's better for expressing science fiction and fantasy in general? I guess both. So like just the first part. So for instance, I'd say the best live action iteration of an anime or a live action. What's the word I want to use? Adaptation, a live action adaptation of an anime might have to be the Kenshin movies. Like, I think those are pretty, I think those are pretty good. I don't know if you've seen them at all. I haven't I, seen them all. 
I saw part of one and I don't remember why. I mean, I was meant to watch him. I just haven't. Um, my go-to when people are like, oh, you can't, you can't make a good live action, you know, adaptation is a uh, crying Freeman actually, mm-hmm. uh, which is way old too. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you got, you got to go see crying Freeman. It, it completely negates fist of the North star, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, but, but, and, and my, my other argument to that is, um, so have you not seen, I don't know, the Snyder cut of justice league, uh, you know, I super controversial. I didn't like Black Panther. I know a lot of people love Black Panther. I thought as a film, it's not a film. Mm. It, it it doesn't have the sto- the story is all dependent on another movie. It's like a right. sequel without being a sequel, which it's just like uh I ran yeah. movie theaters for a long time. I ran mm-hmm. art house movie theaters. So mm. I, I do have a snobby streak sometimes <laughs> when it comes to movies. But but a lot of people do love that and the Avengers mm-hmm. and you know all this stuff is like it's like it's the same thing. It went from comics to to yeah. live action and it and it did it great. And and I don't think it has to be one or the other because I'm gonna throw down and say the Snyder cut of Justice League is the greatest American comic book movie ever made. Um because it's so freaking awesome. Yes. But that doesn't automatically make all the really good animated Justice League movies. And there are several great animated Justice League movies. Just it doesn't take away. I mean, luckily we have the, we have the technology to do both. Mm -hmm. What bothers me is when we come to the middle, it's like, if you're going to be live action, don't all of a sudden give me action scenes that, look like a video game that right. have turned into so much CGI that there's not a dude in there anymore. Yes. You, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to play favorites, man. You know, like a story can be told in a lot of ways to be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched, uh, I, I, I just did my newsletter, which everybody should get my newsletter by the way, but the, I'm biased. But my newsletter is not about my books. Mm-hmm. It's about like every every month. It's here's a calendar. Here's famous dates that are going on in science fiction and fantasy. Like you know, uh, Robert Einlin was born, or you know, this is when Gene Roddenberry died this month, or or in like September, September thirteenth, nineteen ninety nine. You know what day that is? What day is that? That's the day the moon tears away from the earth in space 1999. Nice. <laughs> so it's a calendar of real stuff and fake <laughs> stuff. And then I kind of talk about, you know, that that stuff. And then I review some stuff. And in this last newsletter, my reviews were I called fantasy adjacent because they're not, not they weren't fantasy, but they were close. And I did um Ivanhoe, right? Written in 1822 by Sir Walter Scott. Uh, read the book, or I'm reading the book. I'm almost done. It's very hard to read because it was written in freaking 1822 <laughs> with, with all that. But I also watched the uh, like circa 90, 1995 A&E BBC co-production, which is like five, six episodes. It was great. Mm-hmm. And Ivanhoe is why we love Robin Hood. People don't realize that like 
Walter Scott brings Robin Hood into that story mm. and he becomes the kind of Robin Hood we have today with the green tights and the little yeah. hat and, and, and all that. And, um, and El Cid, if you have Amazon Prime, there is a Spanish version of the saga of El Cid that I just finished watching that is incredible. It, it, and it's it's a lot of real history, mm-hmm. but it's like, like I, I mean, three brothers inherit three parts of a kingdom, swear to their par- parents before their parents die, we will not fight each other. And like five minutes later are trying to murder each other, <laughs> you know, and going to war. And and it, it's a it was a really great show. And um, you know, El Cid is real. It, it, he was a real dude. You can go to Spain to his to his um, tomb. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the national hero of Spain. He fought um, with and for the Moors and all this stuff. And and the classic version of El Cid is an epic poem, right? But it just made this great television show that I hope there's a third season of because I know there's more history that mm-hmm. I haven't tapped yet. And um and back in the day. Yeah, it's really whitewashed in Hollywood and, you know, but like Charlton Heston's in a really cool version of El Cid for the time with Sophia Loren and, Mm -hmm. you know, and they all have their, their place. And, you know, there's probably like a really great documentary on El Cid. It's probably fascinating as all, I find that with like Roman stuff a lot of times, like there's, there's documentaries about some of these dudes you can watch like it's a movie because Mm -hmm. their lives were so crazy and um i don't i don't think it matters like 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 when it gets to roman stuff i will watch i claudius which is as pbs as you can get right Mm -hmm. full of bbc royal shakespeare actors i love i claudius um i will watch any documentary like I just taped all of that series on history, I think Coliseum haven't mm. watched it yet, but I'm going to, you know, I, uh, but I also loved HBO's Rome, mm. like, which was totally a soap opera. Yeah. And it's just like people running around stabbing people in boobies and whatever, but <laughs> like it was really good and still fairly true to the history, you, you know, and, uh, yeah, and I don't think it, it matters. You, you know, you can do great. And and in fact, just read not too long ago, the British comic from back in the day. Um, have you ever heard of the uh, Trigon Empire? Yes. Okay. So I was reading that because I picked it up in a humble bundle, mm. comics bundle not too long ago. And, and it is basically like a lot of the themes from the rise and fall of the Roman Empire and stuff, tricking kids into reading <laughs> as a comic. <laughs> And and I think it's really cool, you know. So so you know, l- let's not pick. Mm. I mean, there was a time not that long ago I would have told you. Actually, if you had asked me this, a couple like, like Star Trek was over by the time I was born. I was born in seventy two, but I grew up with Star Trek the animated series on you know Saturday morning and the reruns and yeah. you know and, and like I, said, I love Star Trek. Um, I would have, when Lower Decks was going to come out, I was like, uh, Star Trek, Goofy, like, I don't, I don't know, but it's actually my favorite current Star Trek <laughs> show. Like Lower Decks is more Star Trek than, and I was like super angry when I saw stuff not too long ago giving credit to um, 
uh, I can only think of her character name. The woman from The Walking Dead who's in Discovery. Uh, oh my God. I know, right? Her, her name is like literally on the, on the tip of my tongue. And I just want to say Michael Burnham, but that's not her name. <laughs> but but talking about how she is the first woman of color who's a captain, and I'm like, well, wait, 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 wait what about Don Lewis in Lower Decks? Mm-hmm. Come on, give her some credit. I mean, what? you know, because because she was captain first, and I, and I, I think that should count. I mean, yeah. I really do. You know, because, yeah, I, I love Lower Decks, you know. And and it's as Star Trek as any other Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't watched Prodigy yet. I know it's the kids' show. I'm still going to end up watching it because I'm like that. And I expect it to be dead on Star Trek too. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. What I think is cool about anime, um, and I remember when it was Japanimation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And 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 there was going to be a sign, and it either had the valkyrie from uh from macross mm-hmm. or it had lum from your from those annoying aliens uh the girl in the tiger yeah uh, bikini yeah um is that anime because really what happened in japan was i think this is my theory like they made some movies they did some special effects and they ended up like Godzilla. I love Godzilla. I love my mm-hmm. kaiju. I will sit down and have a long discussion with anybody about the merits of Gamera versus Godzilla. Mm-hmm. No problem. But I, I think they kind of said like, wow, our special effects are best for kids. And if we're going to make a more serious science fiction story, if we're gonna, we can't do Star Wars. We tried um, right. and it didn't work out well. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna animate it, and you get things like Macross, which mm-hmm. is a great series, and and that's finally spread to America, where now you can do a serious story, and it can be animated, or it could be live action. Yeah, it can you know just just whatever's gonna work for it. So I'm not picking. <laughs> so I'm just gonna count that as either medium can work. As long as it's done yeah. the right way. And, and that's and that's what I tell a lot of people because um like like I said, I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan. I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan. So when I hear people say that like they can't do a live action version of Dragon Ball, like you just haven't found the right people yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I was joking with somebody not too long ago when the when the lottery was up to like a billion dollars. <laughs> like if I win the lottery, I am going to go to Japan and secure some rights and then go to China and secure some action directors and i'm going to make the most awesome live action dragon ball ever i'm going to blow the entire thing on it and that's my gift to humanity and there you go like because yeah the live action ripoff dragon ball movie is terrible Mm -hmm. um the live action american dragon ball movie is God awful crime against humanity. It's god awful. <laughs> but I, I, I really, I like, I do kind of wake up at night and think, like, wow, if Chui Hark made a Dragon Ball movie, mm-hmm. I would cry real tears, <laughs> enjoy <laughs> because I know it would be awesome. Yeah, because he he made great movies where we knew people had awesome chi powers because they were like flinging bolts of silk. Mm-hmm through the forest in the <laughs> in in the street but it, it would totally work you know mm-hmm. and and dragon ball is i mean you know 
it, it was inspired by a story that has inspired a lot of Chinese. Yes. Story, you know, the journey to the West. Or if Stephen Chow made a Dragon Ball movie, I'd be okay with that too. It's funny because I and I and I tell people to this day, like if anyone should have had a right to make a Dragon Ball movie, it was Stephen Chow. He 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 should have been like draft pick number one to make it. You know, because I know he would definitely get the visual elements to it, no doubt. You know, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm still hopeful. Honestly speaking, I'm still hopeful because I, I'm the type of person I like seeing a story in many different types of mediums. That's yeah. that. like you know, so like you mentioned, you know, the DC animated stuff, like especially like the TV shows and movies, have always been like top notch. You know. A lot of the movies, especially recently, haven't been all that great. But again, I will agree with you. I think the Snyder Cut is probably one of the best superhero movies to come to come out. Like I honestly feel that way. And um, and I know there's like an ongoing debate about the Snyder Cut, you know, right now. I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, the guy's vision came to fruition. It came to fruition. And honestly speaking, we're all whether you like it or not, we're all better off for it. We really are because what we got in 2017 with um Joss Whedon, and and I I remember telling my wife when we left the movie theater, I was like, I wasn't as excited for this movie as I thought I, as I should have been. When when we saw the original Justice League, I was like, I'm like, I'm not as excited, I'm not as enthusiastic as I should be for a Justice League movie. Like I should be more excited than this, and I'm not. Yeah, I, I came out of it. I, I I call it a Stargate film. And, and it's because Stargate's the first movie I remember. Um, I was running a movie theater at the time and we put it together uh, because film came on film and you had to actually mm. edit it together. So I've spliced it together and you watch it to make sure it's in the right order, right? So it's like three in the morning, send somebody out, get a case of beer. We're going to watch this. I watched Stargate and, and afterwards I was, I, I turned to the two guys I was with and I was like, that should have been cooler. Like that, should, and that's how I felt when I saw Justice League in the theater. That and and I was like, why didn't I see Dark Side? Right. How was Dark Side not in this movie? Like that's what I I felt like I was promised, mm-hmm. you know. And and yeah, yeah. I I and, think I think what there's I mean there was a lot of things that threw me off with the original release, but I mean Mustache Gate notwithstanding, but. Even just the way Steppenwolf looked in that original cut, I was like, "Yeah, this guy doesn't scare me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not afraid of this guy at all, you know." So, but like the Snyder cut, no, we we definitely, again, I don't care what other people say, we definitely needed that. We we needed the Snyder cut. It, it's just just to say that that version of the story exists out there. We needed it. It, it, I, I'm also going to go back. Like, I, I will argue that if you sit through the director's cut of Watchmen, it is a markedly better film. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, I, I actually like it. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people that, that, that makes it unpopular, but, but I really like that, that, um, you, you know, it's funny. She's in that because Car- Carla Gugino, she's mm-hmm. a treasure. Yeah. For for the for the comic book to movie John mm-hmm. uh, and the science fiction genre, she should be in everything. She but, really should be. Yeah, I mean, Watchmen, 
Sin City. Sin City, yeah, yeah. I mean, she, 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 she I think she may have found her niche. She just hasn't realized it yet. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, so, um, it, it's funny because a lot of people then ask me like, like, what if somebody wanted to make a a movie out of one of your books, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, like I get paid, right? Yeah, right. Which, which makes me sound mercenary, but, um, and, and I want to say, by the way, if you, if you go to my website, swordsandrayguns.com, sums me up, swordsandrayguns.com, sign up for my newsletter. I, I mentioned the newsletter. Uh, you'll get links to a lot of free stories. I did a, um, uh, there are Black Sky Ranger stories. There are martial arts stories. You can just download for free once you do that. Um, me and some buddies that also write martial arts books put out a um a collection last year called fists of fiction mm. so like uh me and and um jf lee who who writes some more wuxia style stuff and uh kyle fisk who writes straight up historical fiction um blake matthews who who really is some genre bending stuff and uh, scott blazingham who I've read, I've read a few of his books and in my review of his books are always like, if you ever saw a canon martial arts movie in the 80s, that's, what's, that's what these books are. Like, that's what he, he writes. He mm. writes the stuff that, you know, Chuck Norris would have been in or, or something like that. And uh, so it's a nice full length collection of all kinds of different stuff. All, all free. All my books are also available to libraries mm. for for their e, e stuff. So like, you know, buy my books or don't buy my books. Go to the library and ask for them, and you, you know, read it for free. Times are tough. I get it. But if they want to make a movie out of one of my books and they pay me, I'm done. They've paid me. Mm. I don't make movies, right? So I'm gonna walk away. Mm. And at the end of the day, I'm I'm gonna love it or i'm gonna hate it even if i don't like it i'm not gonna you know rage against everything like some people have Mm -hmm. a history of doing you know because (laughs) because i have i have taken money to say hey man here's my thing but you i want to let let's see what you do with it right and and i and i think about that and i would rather see most of my stuff as comic books honestly anyway Mm -hmm. um and i'm totally open to that (laughs) but but as a comic book or as a TV series, um, I look at it and go, well, when Gene Roddenberry did Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry had a pretty good career as a television writer. People don't realize yeah. that. He wrote Have Gun, Will Travel. Some places say he was the head writer mm. of that. That's that's the Paladin song they sing in Stand By Me. <laughs> It's it's on Saturday mornings on like the retro TV, me, me TV and stuff. It's a really good old cool Western, you know, about this gentleman gunfighter. Um, but he he was he was a writer for that, head writer for that. Had had a show before Star Trek, you know. He knew what he was doing as a writer, and and he went into Star Trek, and he jealously guarded it as mm-hmm. li- as his life went on. And, and I mean, you can read about that a million places, but at the same time, he knew he wasn't writing 20, 30, 40 episodes a season. Right. Other people had to do it, and you have to, you know, 
comics are like that they're they're Mm -hmm. so so like if somebody took my books and i gotta feel comfortable with them to give them my blessing and cash their check and and (laughs) but then it's 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 their turn to 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 play with it so Mm. um you know i i I see that in my own stuff and i say that as somebody who only self-publishes because i refuse to have a company try to tell me what to do Mm -hmm. You know, um, because they would say, oh, you know what? Most fantasy right now, we want female protagonists. Like, Mm. okay, that's great. But my fantasy is based on a whole bunch of movies like Master of the Flying Guillotine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's going to be a dude. Um, But let it go. And and taking it that I want to see some characters as long as the creators are cool with it i want to mm. see how different people kind of take it if if um i read somewhere a, an interview with Ligia matsumoto the guy who did our captain arlock mm-hmm. galaxy express and they were saying to him how come captain arlock is uh always a space pirate in this but in this one he was a a um captain for the defeated earth fleet and it turned him into a space pirate and this and he he said well captain arlock's my character and i always want to work with captain arlock but i want the story to be whatever that story is with captain arlock so it doesn't matter right i'm going to put him in whatever and and i was like okay that that's that's cool like i i like that 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 he's gonna you know write a captain arlock and go this one i'm basing on you know wagnerian opera and yes he really did that (laughs) you know and and this one i'm tying into galaxy express and this one i'm not and this you always know what you're getting right and arlock's always captain arlock um but but like so even like that cgi captain arlock which i hated like i was at least glad they did it you Mm -hmm. know it, it was it was something different and and, and I, I i like seeing it so so I, man one of the things i hate about these kids today because i'm old right mm. and i just sit on my rocking chair on the front porch and i'm like keep your ball out of my yard keep fandom to yourself I, I i hate the term fandom and i hate people that are like well this is how i express my fandom and it's like no you're just a fan like you're you're a reader that's great mm-hmm. if if you're if you want to dress up like that you know and because like i don't get that right but go for it but mm-hmm. that doesn't really actually make you part of it necessarily like you 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 need to at least write fan fiction or you know mm-hmm. create and and when you when you create um then it then all bets are off like i i am open to like i said if if the creator of a material is willing to let other people go with it let, let's see because like I, i'm looking over my computer i have a walk-in closet in my office because it's supposed to be a bedroom mm-hmm. you know because my house is not built to have an office and I, i'm a dude i don't need a walk-in closet like right. at any time ever <laughs> <laughs> So I built shelves in it and it's just full of DVDs and Blu-rays and, I, and I'm looking across and I'm seeing like eye level is the anime row there. And, and there are so many things I would love. There's been a rumor for years. They're going to do a live action Robotech. 
Right, yes. I would I, love a live action Robotech if it doesn't turn out like Cowboy Bebop. Mm. Uh, I I think Robotech is such a cool example um, because I saw Robotech. I, I was walking through a Walmart in Utah the other day because I travel a lot for my day job. Mm-hmm. And um, they're selling, Walmart's selling the three Robotech series again. Mm. And I, and it just made me smile because it's, it's such a great show. And, um, and I really like Macross. I've seen most of the Macross movies. I remember seeing them at Japanimation convention Mm -hmm. back in the day when that's when you had to see stuff like that. And, and I think it's great that we have two really cool different stories from one set of animation still yep. like i would love to see that and i would love to see somebody come through and be like well i'm i'm gonna translate you know whatever old Japan, pat labor pat labor right mm-hmm. or um fist of the north star mm-hmm. and, and i'm gonna just like make up a whole new story or i'm gonna connect it with this and right. make about you know and and because robotech turned out to be really great and just added to how cool macross was and how mm-hmm. cool genesis climber mouse Pieta was and um i forget the 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 middle one because honestly it's not that <laughs> compared to robotech but y- you know so so yeah like don't don't be precious with things like like let it let it go i look to some of these things like robin hood how many different versions of robin hood are there and and how many of them are great? Um, Robin Hood Men in Tights is great. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the old Robin Hood is great. The Michael Prayed um, tele- ITV television series mm-hmm. is incredible with the um, Clannad theme. Um, when Daffy Duck is Robin Hood, I will always stop and watch it. Yes. He has a buck and a quarter quarter staff. You know? <laughs> and, and 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 they're all they're they're all they're all good and mm-hmm. they're and they're all different. And and there's only so much Robin Hood source material, you know. Right. Um King Arthur. There's so many different King Arthur stories. Mm-hmm. I, I watched Excalibur again not that long ago. I, I finally got it. I lost my Blu-ray when we moved mm-hmm. across state and I replaced it and I watched it. I made my wife watch it. And she hated it. <laughs> it's bitter and hates everything I love. <laughs> but like Excalibur is so cool and such a good version of that that story. Um but it's totally different than Camelot. And I'm not a musical kind of guy, but a lot of people are, and there's nothing mm. wrong with Camelot. And it's still really the same basic story, you know, right. it, it, it done in a new cool way, or maybe a better example is, um, I really like Shakespeare. I, I read Shakespeare regularly. Um, the, 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 they're classics for a reason. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff there. I love, the Franco Zeffirelli 70s production of, or is it 60s, production of Romeo and Juliet with Olivia Hussey and, and Michael York and all that. Mm. that. That is such a great film. But I also like Romeo Must Die. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, again, West Side Story, I don't like musicals, so whatever. Right. But, but all that, they're all that same story, but they're really 
divergent awesome versions yeah. of it so so go for it like like do it just don't rip people off like right that, that all that all being said you know you don't have a right to some of this stuff as fans as, mm -hmm. as a fan you know and, and like fan fiction has its place and it's cool and i but but like you know i it does annoy me when i see like the star wars fans saying like if this doesn't happen oh yes we're, we're boycotting disney and i'm mm. like you know that's it's not right because you gotta see where this is going right. and you don't get to necessarily pick you know mm -hmm. and and when when we get too much input from everybody that's when it goes wrong exactly i i will definitely agree with that because you know i'm i would definitely say i'm i'm more of a trekkie than i am a star wars fan i'll say that I, only because so i'm listening to your dc movie podcast the other day because i only started listening to you when you started being on apple mm -hmm. yelling at my car because i was agreeing with you so much <laughs> i am so glad to hear you say that because i mean i i saw star wars when it came out and i loved it and everything but as a adult i kind of look back at star wars and i'm like i like this better when it was an akira kurosawa film yeah and I do fall into that it's hidden fortress camp. So <laughs> like it's only because like I, I mean, and just like I grew up watching Star Trek, you know, I didn't really I mean at the time, you know, the original series wasn't on TV. I may have seen it here and there when they put it on TV for like a split second. But like I grew up with the next generation. So I was there with Picard, Riker, and all of them. And that that was my series. I watched that from like beginning to end. You know, so it made me go back and watch the original Star Trek and even the animated series. Um, Deep Space Nine, I that's when it kind of started to lose me here and there, even though I think it's a great series. At the time, I was kind of transitioning away from Star Trek. But even now, like, you know, same thing with you. I got to watch Lower Decks. I haven't started watching that yet. Um, I, I hear Discovery is really good. I got to give myself some time for that. Like, I really want to get into Strange I, New Worlds. I, I got strong feelings on Discovery, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say the thing I really want to watch more, aside from Lower Decks, is Strange New Worlds. I definitely want to check that out. So, so I, I really like Strange New Worlds. Um, but Picard, I have a, I have a conceptual choice <laughs> that they made in there that bothers me right um discovery discovery is where i my problem with discovery is i'm starting to feel lied to as a star star trek mm -hmm. fan. and it's when, when discovery came out they said it was not going to be an alternate universe like the kelvin stuff right which um i really liked that start the kelvin verse star trek yeah. until the last five minutes mm. when, when they're like we kicked you out of starfleet academy but we're gonna let you back in okay that's fair and right. make you the captain i'm like what yeah. are you kidding me Klingons <laughs> are gonna kick the shit out of you <laughs> and if that's how you're running starfleet but but in, in discovery but and it's not a spoiler to say this i don't think at this point because they've changed how the Klingons look mm. and, and how they are and and like radically changed them mm. and i could forgive that in the movies because man star trek the motion picture is should just be called star trek with money because that's yeah. all it is we, we don't really worry about the story don't really worry about anything else worry about like how cool we 
epic stuff look and we're gonna have a big scene with like as much of the crew standing here as yeah. possible and there's gonna be all kinds of aliens and you're not even gonna know what they are and 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 the the biggest emotional money shot of the early part of that movie that thing that grabs your heart it's not a person it's not a, it's when kirk comes around in that shuttle with scotty and you see the enterprise and like here is the beautiful enterprise yep. the way we can do it now with this giant model that we couldn't build back in the day because it's still not cgi mm -hmm. and and so all right we're going to show the klingons and we're going to go like this is what klingons would look like if we weren't making shows for 500 dollars back in the day <laughs> so i could forgive that but in in discovery in changing them and changing how they are, changing like their culture and everything, mm. which they've really fleshed out in Deep Space Nine yeah. and Next Generation. Um, they have yet to explain it. Like mm. it's been years now and they're not explaining it. And now with Strange New Worlds, they're changing established facts. Oh, and, man. It, and it bothers me because, because it's like, there's only 66 episodes of Star Trek, right? Something mm -hmm. like that. Watch them. It's not that hard if you're getting paid to write this. But like um, Uhura is on the Enterprise with this previous captain and with Spock. Now, we know Spock was because that that's in the menagerie, yeah. right? But but Uhura, that was never mentioned, right? That she knew Pike. Mm -hmm. um, Nurse Chapel is there. And that's never mentioned. Um uh, the chief medical officer is Membenga, who's not the chief medical officer when he's on Enterprise. And how right. does that happen? Because mm. like you wouldn't, you I don't think you would take that demotion, right? Um, but then what really gets me is several times Spock's um, fiance, for lack of a better term, appears in the show, and everybody knows who she is. Nurse Chapel meets her. Uhura knows her. Everybody. So how come when we get to a muck or not a muck time, um, whatever it's called, where he goes through the pond far and he, yeah, that everybody's like, what, what you you're in, you know, you have this arranged marriage. It's like, well, you should have known because you apparently met this chick, right? <laughs> and and just doing things like that, it's like, man, if you can't if you can't write around some really simple problems you're you're what are you doing to my show right it, 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 like like i dismissed battlestar galactica the new one and a lot of people tell me it's great immediately because they changed a basic tenet of the old show in that the cylons were not created by the colonies in the original show they were created by the cylons mm -hmm. cylons killed the flesh cylons and then moved on to man so they they were an inherited problem instead of a problem of your own foolishness right and like, well if you just want to make another you know people oh. versus robot show why not call it the terminator right why not call it you, you know and and it's like no you just want to borrow the cool vipers and stuff like that and try to cash in on my nostalgia screw you and honestly that's what discovery is starting to make me feel like mm. and and i'm like come come on dude they well, I don't want to give you spoilers, but they do things <laughs> and then that they're just like, what? What? Yeah. You know. <laughs> it 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 they might as well just have tribbles on and 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 know how to fix them right now and then just have everybody forget. Mm. <laughs>
because it it, it 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 and and it's like come on you gotta you gotta you gotta work with me like yeah like you're 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 saying buy this whole streaming service you know which i did because you love star trek and it's like yeah so don't don't piss on my love of star trek right you know <laughs> because because even like i and i and i know and people are going but you said you don't care if different people do different things true but they said it was part of the same continuity yeah you, you know that's why one of the things when i argue dc versus marvel why i come into dc is because every few years something happens in dc and the universe completely changes and we might get rid of the multiverses we might create more but that's why superman is not 110 years old now right that's why batman has not passed on to batman beyond yet right because because we're going to keep resetting the universe but like how long did it take for marvel to do that and you mm -hmm. know and let's let's face it like spider-man's way older than i am yeah <laughs> at this point you know so 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 you got to do that and and uh and and that's why like i said i, I don't have a problem with the kelvin verse movies the first one made me mad just as a movie mm -hmm. because like i said that was stupid to to what how they tied that up but but i really liked that they immediately established like boop this is something separate yeah like ease back kids and as soon as they did i was like oh okay all right i, I can watch this now mm -hmm. it's gonna be okay right uh, uh you know okay like it's fine chris pine that's okay yeah he can be captain kirk i'm gonna be all right with this and, <laughs> and you know and and like i said going into the these new shows that's what they said that we're not going to do that mm -hmm. like okay cool but then you got to explain you can't leave me hanging forever like you did with the klingons with the movies even though i understood why you did the klingons in the movies you know mm -hmm. and and even that they did tie up if you watch enterprise they do explain yeah the, the klingons movie, which enterprise by the way highly underrated very very yeah. underrated like i didn't get Scott to bacula uh, period is highly underrated mm -hmm. i didn't get into enterprise until like i think like almost towards the end of its run and then i was like you know what let me check this out and i'm like wow this is a really good show it, this it, is it really, really interesting it really is a really good show and i'm like then i like just binged the whole thing i was like this is very good this is very good you know yeah. so that's when i learned to not sleep on certain star trek shows but the way you're talking about discovery is like i might have to go in there a little caution I guess yeah, the, the, that being said, like discovery week to week, take it as a, sh as mm -hmm. on, on its own as a show. It's really good. It's really compelling. It's got really good characters. Um, it, 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 it was like, I, 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 every week we were watching, I would tell my wife, like, I really like this show, but I'm really confused how it's supposed to be Star Trek, mm -hmm. you know, like, like it, it 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 had that galaxy quest vibe of like like not not you know not right. a satire but like everybody knew galaxy quest was star trek mm -hmm. we just couldn't call it star trek yeah. you know and and um that's kind of how i feel with discovery is it's just like uh, <laughs> what, what are you doing in my star trek you know so 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 what's next on the agenda for you well um as we're recording this 
the new book, uh, Vanguard Scout Force 138, We Are 138, comes out tomorrow, September nice. 2nd. So um, if you're listening, uh, you can either go, actually the easiest way, because I don't know that my website's even been updated, is books2, number two, read.com slash we are 138. And that'll take you to a page that links to everywhere where you can get the ebook. It's on Amazon, Apple, Kobo, uh, some other stuff, things, things I don't even know, books are some foreign countries, you know, <laughs> ebook e things. And, and that's for good tokusatsu fun. Um, if you want to just keep up with me, if you want to keep up with, like I said, my science fiction rec and fantasy recommendations, um, a newsletter with a little bit of news, a little bit of history, and I typically do five reviews but they're only two sentence reviews oh wow i'm not gonna waste your time i'm gonna say like this is what it is and how it is and let's go um go to swordsandrayguns.com and sign up for the newsletter there when you do that get access to a free book length collection with my martial arts uh writer friends and a couple other short stories i have more short stories you know and and things coming out actually I'm hoping by this time next year to have an entire uh, free novel for my, for my newsletter. I'm, I'm, nice. I'm planning on that now. I just, I travel so much. I've got like three books that I could probably release in the next month, but mm. I know better than to do that. <laughs> so, so I'm going to, I'm going to slow, slow the roll a little bit on that, but, but yeah, there, there's lots. And uh, uh, also you can get hold of me through swords and rigs if, if, you want to argue with me as to, you know, why why Power Rangers is better than any given Super Sentai series, or you want to talk about the potential awesomeness of Ultraman Regulus. I would love somebody to talk to you about that. You know, if, if you're watching Decker or or uh, Z or any of that stuff on the Subara, you know, YouTube page, I can I can be reached through swordsandregans.com in the newsletter. And and uh, really I just, you know, I want to bring together people that that uh, kind of look at the mainstream science fiction and fantasy. And I'm like, you know, I, I always thought of myself as a science fiction and fantasy fan, or I always thought of myself as a martial art, and I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it right now. Okay, come on, because I talk about, what have I talked about in the last few newsletters? All, I mean, all kinds of, Blake Seven, uh, lots of Ultraman, because I got an ultraman crazy um did a whole weird jag on i got into a bunch of korean science fiction mm. um uh which which was hard for me because I, I i don't speak that i even and and i'll go off on tangents and i just watched a really great taiwanese historical drama usually historical drama means swords mm -hmm. this one wasn't called uh, a touch of green about pilots at the end of World War II for the Republic of China, like World War II has ended so quickly, like it was over when this show starts, they're still finding dudes that had crashed and they're like, oh yeah, they've been with, you know, the gorillas for two months. And now that the war's over, we finally get a message that he's alive. And, and they're like, man, we've beaten the Japanese and World War II is over and life's going to be great. And, and like from the first episode, you know, you're watching it going, Oh, these poor bastards have no idea that the you know obviously nobody had any idea that the right. Chinese Revolution is coming and the and 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 it's about 
it's like I said, it's from a Taiwanese, it's a Taiwanese show. So these pilots eventually they stick with the Republic of China Army and move to Taiwan. It, it's the kind of show it would be masterpiece theater. It's mm. a part of history that as Americans we don't get to see much. And the and because it's in Mandarin, you're not gonna, you know, it's not gonna be on PBS. Right. And and but it was really, really good. Touch of green on uh, on Netflix. Um, I survey my readers periodically to say like, what are the streaming services you, you guys have? And I try to keep them to, to my reviews and stuff to things people either. I know a, a lot of people have Netflix, a lot of people have Amazon prime, but I also do a lot of stuff from Tubi and Pluto mm-hmm. and um, free legitimate things on YouTube. So like, I know everything's on YouTube, but, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to, contribute to the piracy right you know but yoku which is kind of like the chinese youtube they put a lot of stuff on on youtube for free Mm, you know word of honor they put on youtube for free before they sold it to netflix and uh and actually the youtube translation is a better translation oh wow okay yeah um so so i do try to keep it to things too where where like i'm not i'm not asking you to spend money I can go months without talking about my own books and frequently do. I don't, um, I don't have a problem with people that do this, but like, I don't do affiliate links. I don't do, if I say like, I watch this or you should check this out. I, I, if my name's not on it, I don't don't have a dog in the fight. I'm just saying, I don't take advertising. So I just want to build a community of people to kind of find a place that like, okay, this, 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 this is my, this is a guy who's going to, you know, Talk about Star Trek one week and Conan and Beastmaster the the <laughs> next newsletter. I only send one one newsletter a month too. Okay, in, unless like I'll send a special one tomorrow because I'm releasing the book. Mm. Uh, and it will probably also say when when this podcast yeah. will be available. You know, um, if we know and if we don't, then I'll send one for that. But but other than little things like that, I only do once a month. I don't do sales funnels. I don't. If I was doing this to try to make money, I would not have my day job. And mm. I have lived off writing before, writing nonfiction and stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't, like I said, I self publish because I don't want somebody to come in and say, well, this would be better if it was a mm. cultivation story. It would be better if we changed it to be more Japanese because anime is popular. No, no, I'm writing what I want to write. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sticking with that. So, Maybe that makes me a jerk, but <laughs> if if I'm the kind of jerk that you think, okay, well, you know, this guy, somebody I could talk to, check out my stuff because because I'm writing it for for all of us. Awesome. Mainly, I'm writing it because it's stuff that I'm like, well, I couldn't find a book like this. I guess I got to write it. Mm-hmm. That and that always usually works too because I'm, I'm the same way too because um I write like not not necessarily books, but I write like scripts and screenplays and i write things that i would have loved to see made you know not even back then like even made now so that's kind of how i write things out because it's like you know that was cool but what if we did it this way right something like that so one of my favorite stories from back in the day is when, when i was running movie theaters um i was at one of the theaters that the person i worked for ran it was the art house I forget what I saw with, with my girlfriend, something, I don't know, like ridicule, which is a French film about the, the court of Versailles and like the backstabbing and I, something like that come out. 
And the manager there was a buddy of mine. I was like, you got to see the movie we're showing over here. Do y'all have time? I'm like, oh, we're not doing anything. You got to see this movie. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, don't worry about it. It's this guy who is like, you know how you hated that Richard Linklater movie that we showed? I'm like, yeah, I did. And he's like, apparently so did this guy. And he, he literally said, I can make a better movie and did. And so I sat down and watched it. I loved it. That movie's Clerks. That guy ah. was Kevin Smith, right? <laughs> I'm super excited about Clerks 3 coming out here yeah. real soon. Yeah. And um, and that's kind of, you know, that that I think is is a great way to be is is he 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 literally went to a movie and went, Oh, I could do better than that. And wrote <laughs> Clerks, which I think is one of the best movies ever. Yes. And I think Chasing Amy is one of the best main thing aside and it's a really good film but i i think it really tags a lot of the problems with the comic book scene in mm -hmm. america you know yeah but um i think that'll do it for us yeah. this was an awesome awesome conversation i enjoyed talking with creative people because you know what creative people don't don't really get a chance to talk that often at least in my opinion at least not in an open setting like this, unless you like live close by and stuff like that. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I started the show anyway, just to talk to a whole bunch of creative people and just talk about just randomness. Of course, about the things going on in our lives, but just randomness and stuff too, because there's a, and this is one of the things I've been noticing just about fandom in general, just a lot of people are just talking, but like you said, a lot of people are not really coming up with solutions or at least coming to an understanding, you know, like, everybody wants to be at war with somebody else. And it's like, it, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I like Star Trek, but I also like Star Wars. You know, I can like both. You know, some things Star Trek does that I think are better. Some things Star Wars does that I think are sometimes better also, but I can find a middle ground in between the two. You know, so. But as I said, this will do it for us. This was an awesome show. Hopefully, when, hopefully I can have you back at some point you know um maybe later on the line about something dc or comic book or ultraman related or something like that we'll have a conversation about that at some point um with everything going on with warner brothers right now i don't know it's um I can't even keep up yeah it's i can't even keep up with the stuff coming out of them I'm, I'm literally in the same boat like people are asking me like what do you think about this what do you think about it i'm like Honestly, I have no idea. I haven't really had the time to really look into this stuff because like everything's happening so fast. So it's just like, you know, I will say, and this is probably something I'll talk about in like my weekly wrap up. They did mention that DZ fandom was canceled this year. Yeah. Which I kind of knew was going to happen. For some reason, I knew that was going to be a thing. Fandom felt like a pandemic kind of thing. Yeah. But I think I can sum up all the warner brothers stuff right now i was just saying the titans are back bitches yes it's my favorite <laughs> that's my favorite show right now so. yeah so i i'm very much looking forward to that too i'm looking for it i actually i'll probably watch harley quinn later because i'm watching that you know i know they're in a the third season i know we got greenlit for a fourth so there's that so harley quinn's getting a fourth season so i'll probably catch the latest episode and i'll probably catch other things too i know lord of, lord of the rings the rings of power i think dropped today today Today, so so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out and whatever else I haven't watched yet. But um other than if, that, if if <laughs> if you find time and you, you want to just fit something in that's only like 10 hours, I'm telling you, El Cid is incredible. I'm gonna put that on the list actually. I'm gonna definitely check that out. 
definitely going to check that out. But um, Michael, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you um, for having me. I really enjoyed this. And like I said, hopefully in a future show, I'll have you back on and we can just keep this conversation going. I, I, um, I, I would love to. So I don't have to yell at my car radio anymore. <laughs> so so um, before we sign off, what was it that um, had you yelling at the um, radio about the, um, about the show? I literally had just been talking to a friend of mine before I listened to the podcast because all the news was coming out about, mm-hmm. you know, Ezra Miller and, and yeah. yeah. And I was like, dude, if they do flashpoint, like he's going to change the universe. They have everything they need, right? They have a Thomas Wayne, they, they have a Superman, they have an Aquaman, they have a wonder woman, you know, I'm like, he can change everything back, but the thing that doesn't go, he could be, it could be a different actor being Flash. They could yep. change. I was like, they could totally do that. It's it's a comic book movie, man. Yes. They could do whatever. They can totally get rid of him and then I get why they need to, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you basically said very much the same thing. And I yeah. was just like, yes, somebody gets it. Driving down the highway in Nebraska or something. <laughs> you know, like I said to him, and like, I even said this, you know, before all the Ezra Miller stuff started getting all out of hand, you know, they had said that, you know, this was kind of going to take elements from the Flashpoint. So I was just like, like, scratch Ezra Miller. But like, if you really want to restart the DC Cinematic Universe, this is the movie to do it. Yeah. Can, like, not only could you do it with this, but you can almost connect everything else. Shazam family. The Shazam family, you know, Black Adam. Um, even some of the TV shows, the Titans, you can connect with this if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, there's so many things you can because and that's one of the things that's kind of always messing up with Marvel is you know you got the cinematic universe but you know there's no the shows that were on Netflix weren't connected to that I'm like why would you not connect Jessica Jones Daredevil Punisher um, Luke Cage why would you not connect and, yeah, Iron and, mm-hmm. and don't forget the idea of a connected film universe was DC's originally they announced that way back in what the 90s, but mm. the big the big writer strike yeah. went on so long, everybody's contract ran out and they were never able to do it. Mm-hmm. Marvel jumped on it and and was able to to put the pieces back in and do yeah. it first. So, you know, D- DC needs to just take a breath, yeah, stop playing catch up and and do what they do. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. We're That's... gonna have a whole nother show. We you yeah. gotta you gotta sign this off, dude. Yeah, we're gonna definitely have a whole other show. So all the links will be in the description box below so you can find him. Um, Michael, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, again. again, this will be up on, you know, all podcast streaming services as well as on YouTube by tomorrow. It should be up by, well, it will be Friday for you guys watching and listening and such. So, all right, um, that'll do it for us. We're out.